Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to Monday's episode of a Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host, Craig Fowler, and I am joined in my flat in deepest, darkest garbles by, for the very first time, Duncan Mackay. Hello. And for the very second time, Craig Anderson. I think it's the third time I've been here, Craig. Just, I do apologise. You, ju- yeah. you just got, I mean, SP- you just really, got SPL started I really, on your really own cru- show. A really, a really crucial contribution to make to the podcast, I think, would be how many times I've been here, and I think the listeners deserve to know. What was, this, what was the second time? I don't know, I feel like I've been here twice anyway. Maybe. I thought you were all here with it was you and Tom Watt, and then Tom left and me and you did well, a Patreon. Fun. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I think you're wrong. wrong. I, think this is the I feel like here. I've been here more than once, but uh, <laughs> maybe I've not. It's just that homely, Craig. Yeah, that's it's, it's, you it's feel that welcome. Welcome environment. I, no, 27 I I, cameras in your face. <laughs> 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 just, just, <laughs> all, the, all the tripods looking at you. <laughs> is it, you've got like a lamp sitting over there, and it's like... It, it, Confuses this one, so it's like you've got like the disc- you know like in um, films when they set up the schools and they've got like only actually got like five kids in the room, but they set the perspective so that it looks like you can see like twenty five. That's what's going on with all the furniture around the room. So it's uh, maybe I'm just being disconcerted, and now now my memories are it's like a Mandela effect. I, I couldn't I couldn't name the podcast. I just feel I've been on another one. <laughs> feels he's been here. Maybe he has. Maybe I don't know about this. Maybe it was a, a concern now. Maybe it was a pre-filming one potentially. I feel like I've been here more than once, but a pre-filming one. You were here, mm. possibly. Yes, but yeah, anyway, I, this I, is this is riveting chat to start us off. It's, it's just like it listening to the lower league podcast. It was, it was, and it, I can make that joke because I know you won't be listening. It was with it was with Graham, it was with Graham Thulis during the cycling championship. It was on the last day of it because he'd been working at it. Oh Kamala, yeah, of Kamala, course. Nil hearts, nil. Yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah. It's weird, I, I, it's harder to remember that because I didn't have to edit a video of it afterwards, <laughs> so it's just the podcast doesn't, isn't in my you mind. You don't keep much. a spreadsheet of everyone that's entered your house. 
and the amount of times he'd do it. <laughs> I do actually give a spreadsheet of how many podcasts people have done, but not how many times I've entered my house. No. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, maybe maybe add that tab. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a link here. There's not really any spreadsheet link I can think of when it comes to Hibs 2, Kamarnock 2. So maybe it's, maybe it's the second time they've, uh, Hibs have gone to Easter Road this year. Uh, the rugby park. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> See you later, Duncan. <laughs> right, Hibs 2, Kamarnock 2. We may as well start off with this one. I had four goals and fans of both clubs are with me right now. Duncan, you're a Hibs fan. Craig, you're a Kelly fan. Neither year without a game, which is a bit of a blow, but I take it you've if not seen the match and at least watched the highlights, read up on it a lot, you know your team's very well. Who would like to go first? No, actually, I'll, I'll take a run through for anybody who didn't see the game. Hibs took, sorry, Kelly took a first half lead through a Dylan Venti OG, which was slightly controversial. We'll come on to that soon enough, Craig. Matty Kennedy doubles the advantage with a kind of very similar type of goal to the first one. Joel Eunice, Joel Newell with an incredible finish to bring Hibs back into the game. Then Corian Dabla set off for the home side after a VR review. Maizian Malida? Yeah. Okay. That was close enough. Yeah. But it was good for you. Equalises and then Christian Doyd misses a big chance at the end to defeat his old side. So let's start with... Let's start with you, Duncan. Because... Nick Montgomery is a man who, by the day, is losing more support from the fans. Was this a case of a kind of big result coming back from two goals down, or does this further just add fuel to the doubters because it's another victory? Sorry, it's another game. Christ, I can't talk so far this episode. It's another game in which Hibs don't win. I suppose it depends if you're a hater or not. Uh, And I can say after the second goal went in, uh, the text that came from me was like, I want him gone, I want him out of here. Uh, uh, I think by virtue of coming back, it makes it look better than throwing it away. Like the the the, the narrative makes it seem like Hibs were hard done by. But then again, you you look at the you look at the XG. No, not really. like you know, uh, you know the where where the better team. Again, I don't know why I brought XG. That's not normally my thing. I do, but uh, it's just feds. It's just it's, it's just, festering through all of us. I know. Man. I know. It, Yes, I just turned into like some sort of football hipster, like all our critics <laughs> accuse us of being. Um, uh, so, in that regard, yeah, it's much better to come back from two 0 down than to throw away a two 0 lead. Um, again, I'm I, I, the goals that we concede just speak volumes. To the fact that so Hibs should have signed a permanent centre half. I'm trying to remember what what exactly what year this was, but it is now. We're now getting to the end of like the sixth transfer window where there was an opportunity to do this, and we've not. And that speaks to there are bigger. We're I bore myself every time I talk about, it, but there are bigger problems at Hibs than just Nick Montgomery. But he's also possibly the easiest person to jettison in yeah. in this regard. And so, I, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. He probably has to get a win against St. Mern coming up this week, uh, this weekend after, you know, I think, I think it's almost a, a knock on certainty that Brendan Rodgers is going to get his first ever win at Easter Road three days after that. And then you've got the Saint, uh, the Scottish Cup game away to Inverness. I, it, on paper, shouldn't be too much of a struggle, but everything would suggest that's going to be a, a, a game that Hibs will toil in uh, would you? Know, I, I don't even feel that, that massively confident in saying yes. Definitely, 
but you know, so that that said, there's, there's the flaws, and and you saw that with the 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 defending for the the first goal. You know, we get the contract. The second goal is unbelievable. Like when you look at where Kamarnik gained control of the ball in midfield. I've seen that. I've seen that goal so many times. You know, it, it, that that something just happens, and there's just a just a mess, and I just don't. Yeah, like, 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 can we stop playing Dylan Levitt that deep? Yeah, you know, like, I think that's one of the most obvious things you could do to to improve Hibbs's chances. Uh, but we seem absolutely wedded to this idea that he's got to play some sort of deep line quarterback role when he's got neither the physicality nor the defensive nous to play that role that deep because he's actually getting in the way of being able to defend. And actually, when you see the chance that Vassell got in the second half, well, you know, a real chance to to, to have sealed the game. You know, Hibs were very lucky to. Uh, in reality, you know, okay, the Dodge chance at the end probably should have won it for. Her, but in reality, that game should have been away from Hibs. At least Montgomery, because you can, you can maybe say it was still a four four two. But I think in terms of position and Marcondes is, is more, more of a number ten and plays like a number ten. So yes. this was Hibs for the first time under Montgomery, pretty much playing a new formation, which is not a huge deviation from what we've seen before. But at least it's a more kind of out and out four two three one. I think. When every meal is porridge, suddenly like cornflakes looks really appetising. You know, it would be my as a big uh, cornflakes man and not a big porridge man. I can certainly appreciate that. Analogy. Well, uh, yeah, I think that that's where we go. And, and the I can understand the rigidity that he was trying to bring in. But I, it's Scottish football, man. You can't, you cannot be starting this. Uh, you cannot come in mid-season and just oppo- uh, impose your will on a squad of players and and all that thing. Like it's. The biggest thing about being a club of Hibs and Aberdeen in heart size is you've got to, and that's a common phrase I keep, keep using all the time, but you've got to treat the world as it is, not how you would like it to be. And that's what's so frustrating is that you've been so wedded to a, a formation that you don't have the players for and, and also doesn't get the best out of your better players as well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's it could have been a lot worse, but that's not, that's not where Hibs need to be at the moment given the in the, the the club keep fucking reminding you the level of investment that's gone into this team and where Hibs are we're n- can anyone actually make the case that Hibs are much further on than when the Gordons arrived and I think the answer to that is not Good, nicer really. hospitality Good, nicer hospitality yeah but we're also using that money to spend on players that we don't play so like, give big wages to them so yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, there was another uh, game of Megwa looking like the jump from playing very well to Airdrionians to playing well for Hibs is just a bit too much for him at this t- point in time. And another game of Eli Johan just not really doing too much. Yep, those are both uh, absolute fair points. And again, if you had any sort of proper sporting director, which apparently, you know, director of football, which is what we, apparently we have, you wouldn't be having to rely oh, you on mean Lee Johnson's pal, the, the manager. Yeah, yeah, the man that got, got to point them. Yeah, I, that like that really well thought out process, and who could not see that? You know, <laughs> uh, that I there's a there's a magpie tendency I think going on at Hibs where it's just shiny thing after shiny thing, which explains why we keep <laughs> signing midfielders and forwards when actually an element of that, like we shouldn't have gone to Greece all those years ago with playing Darren McGregor. You know, he was not ready, he was not good enough to start and it's still never been solved and you you you're still there you know, relying on Paul Hanlon and a and other uh, and you know, it was will fish at the moment but you know, any there's not seems to be that it's not glamorous but that is what will get that will be the difference between finishing 
sixth and, and fourth really is a really good centre half. Craig <coughs> Kelly were two 0 up with two very very commanding goals. Danny Armstrong putting a ball into the back post and either a Hibs player or a Kelly player putting it in the back of the net. But this is kind of goes. I, I don't know what you think about this. I can't remember if I've talked to you much about, about it at all. But this kind of goes with what I've been saying about Kelly a lot this season, and that they're in fourth place, and for a team that you know could have been relegated last season was just up from the championship. It, it, it's obviously significant progress. It's a very well. It's still like I mean, if you're going to end the league table now, you would maybe say that Derek McInnesson were a very strong shout for manager of the year. And yet, I still feel like they've left a lot of points on the table this season, and this is another example of that. They're 10 points behind Hearts, but it feels like they should be right there with Hearts. I think, yeah, I can can see where that's coming from because there have been very few games I've gone to this season where I've come away and thought, we deserve to lose, or we des- many that we de- deserve not to win, almost, and, and there's been a lot of points. It was funny, someone said on um, Twitter the other day, or, or after this, or that's 11 points we've dropped in... Uh, given away in the last few minutes of games I looked up and um, that's not true I mean um, <laughs> if you take in if games had stopped in 80 minutes compared to 90 minutes we were, we're one point better off from from the last 10 minutes of games because we have scored late winners against Celtic against um, against Aberdeen and we scored um, we, we, we were the, both Hibs games where we drew two uh, both Dundee games where we drew two each uh, we were 1-0 down in one of them and 2-1 up inside the last 10 minutes and the other one we, we went 2-1 ahead in the last 10 minutes so there's been an element so basically of, the entertainers that's yeah, all you're saying there, yeah, there's yeah. been an element of yes we have left points out there absolutely um, Motherwell away um, being, being a prominent one the Dundee one I spoke about yeah. in this game we did also fight back from 2-0 down against Hibs at home earlier in the season mm-hmm. which to me was the result that kick-started the season to be honest so I think it's very easy to be annoyed at this stuff because you you can see the potential of what's out there but you're also looking at saying like as you as you said there are mass there are still massive gaps in this team and you can't expect to win every week with for example no no central midfield where (laughs) what I mean by that and and he he was right to do it but he he obviously gambled on this game on Hibs playing a 4-4-2 and he just went with um, with Mackenzie and Watson in the middle of the park Drop Paul Worth so he could get an extra attacker in the team. It worked. Till it didn't, but um, you, can, mm. you can blame the red card for that. With with Brad Lyons. And a, and a ridiculous finish from Jonio. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. I, mean, two, I still don't understand how he's done that on his weaker right foot and it's not going to mile over the bar. It's uh, two, two, two very good goals, but the, the point is um, Brad Lyons goes out injured and all of a sudden you've just got nothing there because Liam Donnelly... I'm not a fan, but I think if if Liam Donnelly was fit every week, he would be more than capable of being a backup and he would play himself into that. But you can't trust him. He was on the bench here. You're left without really many options in the middle of the park. Um, whether whether there'll be a, an incoming, now that we've, we've let a player out on loan, I don't know. But that was it. So there is a definite frustration and, and certainly you go away thinking we should be six, seven, eight, nine points better off. But yes, we've also probably been lucky at times. It does feel this one particularly frustrating because I think at the point where it, I think Hip started the game quite well, you know, and it, Marcondes in particular was getting himself into a lot of good positions, but then Kelly took a wee bit of control, sussed Hibs out, which I think is quite easy to do with this Hibs team, and got got the goals. You, you can you, you mentioned the controversy of the first one. I think it's very similar to the third Dundee goal in the sense that I can see, see them give them. I can see, see why them. someone would give a foul for that. Personally, I think it's it's soft defending, um, and if the referee doesn't give it live, I think it's absolutely correct not to to step in and award mm-hmm. that. But you can see why Hibs would be a wee bit annoyed because you can certainly see Indaba's definitely leveraging a little bit on on Venter there. 
um, for quite a while. For, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. But, but it's what you want to do. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah, but so there's, there's definitely an element to which that can happen. I was going to talk about that one because we'll come on to Indaba Red soon enough, but and, uh, that, that was the kind of one I wanted to focus on. And just kind of, we'll talk about this now so we don't necessarily talk about it later on the show because it comes up in other games. So let's just get out of the way and not have this been a running theme of the podcast because there was, there was a shirt pool there. There's also the kind of shirt pools in the box that have happened with Rangers games that people said, why are these not being called up elsewhere and they're being called up in, in these matches? Oh, I really like those people, the most interesting yes. people in the world. Right. But there was also the kind of push-off in the Dundee game with Michael Mellon pushing off on James Penrice in the build-up to their third goal right after Levy got themselves back in the game. That wasn't looked at by VAR, or it was looked at, but they just decided that's not enough for us. And then there was Benny beningaby Milovsky one in the Aberdeen yeah. game and again it's just like the whole thing where it's like you can't get you can't get consistency with VR. Yeah. so if you can't get consistency with VR, again I've asked this so many times what's the fucking point well, I, I think I mean if you're not going to mention it I think the Aberdeen one's definitely in the sense that it's annoying as a foul because he clips them mm. whether it means it or not but yeah. those two I think are more on that borderline of if the ref gives it's then it's not going to get overturned. But if he doesn't give it, I don't think it should be either, which I think is uh, jumping about for you, but it's what should apply to the, the red card as well, to be honest. And um, that's the frustration because you get yourself 2-0 up. There's a, a, a fantastic goal from Newell, which you can't really legislate for. I think Hibs were at desperation mode by that point. They'd also made a triple sub. They're putting, and, and I mean, I, I like Dodge. I thought he was, he was a big part of us staying up last season, but they're at desperation point when they're putting Christian Dodge on in 2024. <laughs> He's been but, better this season. No, but he's not. He's clearly not Montgomery's man. He's not no, no. someone he, he wants to be playing. No. So you, you're he like, right. should be playing him more. So when, when I, because I, I said I had a really bad sore throat on Saturday, so I wasn't at the game, but I was, I was following it. And when I saw that come on, I was like, right, this is, this is looking better for us from the sense of like Hibs maybe running out of ideas and then they uh, scored a brilliant goal. And, not, and Hibs chasing a game is not necessarily indicative of, of anything actually happening. Mm. But then they were they were definitely in the ascendancy in the lead up to the red card. So I'm I'm reluctant to say the red card has changed the game, but it definitely obviously makes it much more likely they're going to score, which they did. And, and Kelly, you've, you've said Chuck have given away games, but they are generally good at seeing out games. So you don't know what would have happened differently. But there's obviously the big big chance from Vassell, and I think he's a big talking point with the the support at the moment. And um, obviously Greg Stewart's come in, so you've got an extra. Mm. forward option he was suspended for this game um, kind of carried over from his days in India but um, <laughs> the the issue with, with Vassell to me is I think opposition supporters absolutely hate playing against him he's a handful he's, he's mm. entertaining every time you watch back Kelly's highlights every single chance we create basically he seems to be in the middle of it somewhere like just getting himself in the way but he does have a tendency to not score when the moments are there. Um, he's, he's your dodge. Yeah. I mean that's that that's the that's the not. Imagine watching both of them came together for <laughs> six months. But um but the I mean there's a he's a big chance at Ibrox where he goes through it nil nil one on one um yeah. and, and it's a great save from Butland but a, a better striker, a better finisher scores that goal. He had another one um one of the other games and then he, he's got that chance there. And it does it does point to like what do you want from your centre throw? To me to me you shouldn't drop him. To me, he's a very important part of the team and he's a, a good leader and all the rest of it. But other people want more goals out there forwards and, and obviously Stuart there now makes that more likely. But all of that said, it, it it's a very it's a very strong team and there's there's not much to moan about, which is why people start relying on things like that. Yeah. Um, to, mo- to, mo- to moan about. about. Um, coming on to the red card, I guess you're going yeah, to ask yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, 
I thought it was her. Yeah, I, I thought I yeah, I would be livid if it was the other way yeah. around. Yeah. If again it's one of those I, I think it's a it's a yellow card and I think if the referee gave it as a red live, you could sort of understand yeah. sticking with it. But for them again to intervene on that, I I find it really difficult to see where I think it was Greg Aitken on the, the recent Sky documentary or from like October or whenever it was, it was talking about this line of intervention, I when do we decide mm. to go? I I really don't understand what what Nick Walsh no, yeah, because you've already because the referee has already taken he's, the action. He's like right, you was right you're, in front of yeah. him. Yeah, uh, he, he plays the advantage. He goes back. He gives a yellow card. He's taken. He's made a decision. Uh, sorry, but I think this as well when it comes to the VAR stuff, like because big thing in judging red cards is excessive force. Slowing down. Everything looks excessive. Yeah, like, sl- it's slowing like, down a clip and like having it in like frame by frame or, or still images, and then like how is that better to judge than a referee? Who's standing three yards away from it and so, can judge force a lot better than a camera can. So the thing the thing they say on the, the VR protocols is that slow motion can only be used to determine the point of contact. So mm. to show where where is the contact. But the problem is that still in itself looks worse than the tackle is to me because if you take a freeze frame and see um and Dabba's studs kind of against the ankle of um but you can tell when you watch it live, it's a it's a glancing blow. It's not like hitting into them. It's like his his foot. Ca- I think it maybe catches his foot and sort of goes upwards and glides across his ankle. No doubt it's a sore a sore one. Yeah. And and as um, I think he got caught in that. That was the point Lee Miller was making on the sports and podcast this today was that he thinks that it, on grass that that wouldn't have happened. You know, in terms of the, that his boot gets caught in in the the astro as well, which makes it look a lot worse. That's what he's fucking get then. That's what he's fucking get. We're going to come on and talk about some some grass pitches this after <laughs> the, after. But the but the thing that the thing that it got me is like um, Charlie Mulgrew was on sports scene. It's a uh-huh. thing about terminology. Cause the commentator said the same thing, talking about how it, he thought it was a red card, but he kept saying it was a reckless challenge. But a reckless it's challenge a is a yellow card. Yeah. That's what reckless is. It has to be dangerous. I don't think that challenge was dangerous. It no, was, well, he won the was, ball as well. Yeah, like, you know, uh, like, you know, again, that's it's, not it's that's, that's not the yeah, yeah. In the sense that, yeah, there wasn't there wasn't intent to hurt, and there and there, I don't think there was a danger of a serious injury from that challenge beyond, like, you know, a freak anything thing. That, yeah. like a freak. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it, it was pretty frustrating. I suspect the club will appeal it, and I really don't actually know what will happen with that. Um, but it's it's a bit of a blow because Indaba has been a very very important player, been a very good player, and. He just keeps having these wee spells out of the team and, and we can't replace him. Um, and yeah, so it was a bit of a frustrating one. As I say, I think Hibs were, were getting in the ascendancy at that point, having come back. It was pretty similar in, in the feeling to the 2-2 game I described back in um, back in September or whenever it was, um, which was Montgomery's first game, I think. But yeah, um, so it's, it's frustrating. And I think I'm, I'm with you in the sense that I think Kelly with a, a different turn of events could be sitting two or three points behind Hearts, but also at the same time, I'm not exactly going to get to the end of the season and be really annoyed if we finish fourth, mm. which I think is, I think we're more than capable of doing. Whether whether we can, you know, hang on with it, um, it's another thing. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? 
Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Speaking of Hearts, let's go to Tynecastle next. Hearts 2, Aberdeen 0. Bojan Milowski has the ball in the back of the net with an excellent finish in the first half. However, as we mentioned already, it was ruled out for a foul in the build-up. Hearts then take the lead in the second half through a George Grant penalty before Lauren Shanklin seals the points with an absolute belter. As I wrote in my Herald column, which was out today, I've done a full 180 on this, but you kind of have to when you just keep winning every single bloody week. You can't just sit there and go, well, some people do, but you can't. You shouldn't just sit there and go, oh, I don't like this manager. I like to be proven right. He's, it, Hearts, again, it was still another very Naismith game. Hearts were rubbish in the first half. Hearts have only scored three goals at Tynecastle this season in the first half. But in most games, they get better in the second period and after the first goal when Hearts just dominated. And this Hearts team... They, they never dominate for 90 minutes, but they play, they do the basics very well. They defend very well. They battle very well. They're disciplined in their shape. They're disciplined in the fact that they don't pick up a lot of needless cards. And they just kind of find ways to win every single week, it feels like, for the time being. I think, what's the, I wrote this in a column and I've already blanked on it. I think it's in the last, uh, the last 13 Scottish Premiership games, Hearts have won 10 of them, drawn two and lost one. Oh no, sorry, lost two and drawn one. Lost the, Lost the Home Rangers away to Aberdeen, drawn with Ross County, 1-0 of 10. That's just an incredible run. Uh, yeah, it is, annoyingly. Um, <laughs> I th- I, what what I find with Naismith is that it, it, it's, it works for a man and it works against him, is that I don't think he gets too high or too low. Mm. So I think when Hearts are going through a bad spell, it looks like he is slightly diffident or like, you know, he is like... There's nothing about him that he, in the way he talked as a player and stuff, he has he has incredible self-belief, like he has confidence in himself and, and, and self-belief. And I think he, that he's carrying that on into management. The problem is that, that when you need to do that as a member of a squad versus when you are the manager of a football club, sometimes you need to say stuff that you don't necessarily mean um, You know, as a manager. And he doesn't really get into that. He doesn't really seem to do the game playing. So he's even at the moment, you know, when you're on this trim in run, he's still talking about oh, they need to get better and stuff. And I think he genuinely believes that because I think yeah, exactly. Like, still can't like, get better. Yeah, yeah. And and some of the some of the stuff you've had to watch has has been bad. Mm. But at the same time, the results kind of speak for themselves. But the converse of that is when you're on a bad turn, it looks like he doesn't necessarily care a lot, or he but you know he's okay. Scottish people love fans are increasingly loving to throw, like throw the baby out of the bathwater every single occasion. Like you know, there's no sense of proportion with what's going on. Which, you know, is why why we like the game as well. Like there's, there's an element of that. But I think that's what is increasingly becoming clear is that he's not going to get carried away. But at the same time he's not going to, you know, have a massive panic about when things aren't going so well. Uh, and then I think that's kind of seems to me to be transferring onto hearts on the pitch. When they went one 0 up, Aberdeen did very little after that. Like there's a, there's a there's a kind of yeah, feeling there's that, that there's, a, there's Aberdeen's a, but, very brittle confidence. Yeah, and it, but I think there's a, a, a in this run, and again because you win, it's kind of this 
post facto rationalization of everything that happens. Like, oh, well, of course, but I don't really get the sense that when once hearts go one nil up a lot of the time, unless you're playing Spartans, that you you feel like your other teams are going to get back into it. Well, the, yeah, the, like, the Spartans thing, which I do again, bring it back to the column, just uh, everybody just please read it and please subscribe so you know uh, journalists can actually get paid instead of just reading everything for free. There was somebody on Twitter said that oh, I used to like your, read your stuff back in the day, really enjoyed it. It's the same, it's not as accessible now. Stop just reading it for free then. <laughs> like, I like this. There's a reason. The, do, do, the pre- do, you, do you work for free? There's a, <laughs> like, there's a, there's a reason the previous company was like, here's a redundancy offer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like t- talking about the, the Hearts and, oh yeah, sorry, the Spartans one, that was what I was saying. The Naismith all season has, bring back, has brought everybody back for corners. Yeah. And for the Spartans game, they changed it and he left one player up because obviously like playing a League 2 team maybe be a bit more attacking and Hearts conceded their first goal from a corner all campaign. So like that, he's, he's made tweaks to the side that, that have worked. I would say that for the start I'd maybe game, not put a, a 41-year-old in goals and maybe had a chance of saving it. But that's, that's just me. <laughs> yeah, very good like, save in the first half. Yeah. The, he made a tweak to start this game. He changed the formation. It's been the 3-5-2 for a good few months now and I think that's that really kind of helped Hearts, probably saved Hearts season when earlier on he was kind of, he wanted to continue what he was doing last year, play the 4-4-2 that he did when he first came in and that just wasn't really working, mainly because Josh Danilli wasn't there to partner Lauren Shankland so he changed it to 3-5-2, made him a lot better defensively, got the results going and then you see against Dundee that there are games where you need to maybe go a bit more attack and get more attacking players onto the pitch but I thought for this one, and I said it with the Patreon I done with Joel last week that I thought that Aberdeen would come and attack because Robson had to had to get a result because if he loses that game I, I thought he was out he's not been out at the time of recording and I'll get to a rant about that very soon but I, I thought he's going to go and he's going to try and try to win this game and Aberdeen pressed Aberdeen pushed up quite high pressed quite aggressively in the first half and Hearts just couldn't really find a way out and also as well he, the team seemed too slanted towards trying to get the ball to Dexter Lembekiza, who was excellent, and he was excellent when he came on against Spartans, and then he was obviously much more impressive in the game against Dundee, considering the quality of opposition. But it just felt like it was just like, okay, let's give the ball to him. Whereas in the second half, he said they made a tweak. I think that's, I couldn't see any tweak to the, the system in terms of shape, but that's probably what he meant in terms of just sharing. Just stop passing it to ah, him sh- all sh- the time. Sharing the wealth around. Alex Cochran came into the game a lot more in the second period. Hearts were edging it until the penalty, and then after that, it was just complete domination. And and what a relief you must be feeling that, that Lauren Shankland has re- returned from his deathbed, his illness, he, a miraculous <laughs> recovery, you know, to, the, to, to make it back. Because, geez, I, I mean, I think we were all worried for him, were we not? Well, yeah, alarm was, bells were ringing. <laughs> yeah, that he chose not to play against Spartans. Yeah. And, uh, but, but I think the, the thing with, with Naismith is you think of the managers that he's worked under and, and you're looking at, like, Jim Jeffries being the one he started out with, Walter Smith, um, David Moyes, is. Steve Clark at the national team mm. um, as a coach as well and, and Craig Levine um, as well there, there are certainly elements of all of those people in his game he's certainly not a, he's he's certainly a, not he's a, a chippy fucker basically as a personality but I think he was like that before he was but when he was um, in terms of he's, he's not an all out attack manager but he's a very shrewd manager mm. in terms of you know Building shape first and letting everything come from that, but it doesn't mean his teams are boring. Because I rang over Hearts, you, you never get a boring afternoon watching Hearts. I wouldn't say, and 
he's starting to put together. I mean, they should be. Hearts have got. Hearts have got. I would guess the third biggest budget in the league. They're spending a yeah, lot of money. It's not. It's, it's, I don't think it's that much difference between Hearts, Hibs, and Aberdeen. But yeah, it might be third. And they are, are starting to walk the walk with that, and that and that's what you would hope for. And the other two are, are being obviously left behind in that respect. But Hearts are now as far ahead of Kelly as they are. Like the the gap to Kelly is the same as the gap to Rangers. So it's a substantial. Um, you know, they're, they're really putting themselves out in front now of course you'll be haunted by, mm. by last season and the fact that they, they, they threw it away no chickens. but I don't think there's an, a team that can do it this time like Aberdeen or, I mean Aberdeen must be 22 points behind Hearts or something like that 19, Is that 19. 19. they do have three games um, in hand but, but still but, I mean 19. no and then Hibs, Hibs I just don't think under under this manager have got I mean we'll say that the Aberdeen manager who did it last time but I just don't think they have it and, and Naismith is obviously I know he was he was manager for kind of the last few games of last season, but he's he's got his feet under the table. He seems to know what he's doing. It would be a surprise to me if they don't. It's go also comfortable. It's also it. a different differently built team in terms of the fact that if Hearts could do go through a streaky patch, they can go into games going like let's just keep a clean sheet and get a result and and stop the rot. Whereas last season's team just stopped being able to defend once Craig Halkett went out. They couldn't defend any cross balls. That was why that's a massive improvement in the season. I think by the end of the campaign, they might have been worst in the top flight in terms of goals conceded for set pieces in the season. They must be best. Like, totally, they've not conceded at all in the league yet for a, set, for a corner, at least. I don't know about free kicks, but certainly not for a corner. Are we now wanting to tee you up for... Uh, for <coughs> we're not going to make excuses from Barry Robson and then a litany of excuses. I thought that was... Well, he does uh, it the time he's I know, I mean, he's a slaver at the best times, but... But I thought that was just, yeah. I don't understand at all what the Aberdeen board are doing. Right, so they have my sympathy with them last to a point, and it lasts to these two points. One, hiring them in the first place, because I thought, I said at the end of last season, I said it on the Terrace, the V for the Terrace live show, I was like, Aberdeen and Barry Robson's going to be a bad appointment. I think I said he would be out by the end of the year, which ended up being proven wrong, but he should have been out by the end of the year. And I knew it'd be bad because a club like a club of Aberdeen size, especially, especially these days when they're spending so much money, and it's not like it was 10, 15 years ago when a lot of these, a lot of basically top flight teams, Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen would be shopping in a slightly, slightly elevated market, but not that much difference. Now it's a case of them spending like five hundred thousand, four hundred thousand. Like I spent, I think cumulatively, like this past summer, they must have spent like two million pounds at least, depending on how much Leighton Clarkson costs, which nobody really. Seems to know. I've, I was told, like, some, um, I think it was the ABZ's podcast said that it was apparently around about 400,000, but as Tony said, like, that sounds like a lot of shite. Because it, <laughs> it sounds like, considering his age and last season and the kind of his reputation, Liverpool would be uh, more than Well, like, it, it was potentially that is what they've paid so far. And, Aye, uh, and there's an, a not inconsiderable amount of lots of... Yeah, that, 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 might be, that might be a good but, point. But, but that's not a £400,000 deal if you're tied to... They're a, significantly more. They're a team that will be going most games opponents will be sitting in again. So to have such a negative manager, like he built that winning run off of the same football, but it just never seemed to have any sustainability for me. However, you come into this season, it's a type of formation that, although they got the same amount of points as Hearts last season, they obviously they, they did perform a lot better game by game. And I think that was down to Robson's style of football and, and knowing how to set up a, a defence. I was going to say, well, I know they've not been great this season in the league, but in those type of games, to be able to make sure that you, you make yourself tough to beat. And then the same with keeping them on past the cup final, because to win a cup final, it's probably best if you've got a manager who's, got his, who's defensively minded, if you're playing Rangers. But now that's all done. What are they waiting for? 
It doesn't make any sense. He's not getting any better. The team's not getting any better. What are they doing? I don't get it. It's, it, it to me, it's like, I wonder if they're clinging on to his performances in Europe. Like, because mm. they, they were, it wasn't just like, the, obviously they beat Eintracht and you can call that a red, dead rubber, but in every single one of those European performances, close, I say, sorry, beyond the, the, the two where they absolutely blew it against hacking, especially Pataudry, but they, the ones in the group stage, they were very good and they could easily have got through that group. They were not that far off getting through that group. So I wonder if part of it has been the, the, that idea in their heads, but you're right. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have, it's very easy to say that they shouldn't have appointed them. I feel most people could see, I believe the club even knew it was a bit of a flash in the pan, a bit of a kind of, you know, like lightning in a bottle kind of thing, like just not something that was going to be replicable, but it's also very hard to do it. Yeah. But you're being paid, like like how much Alan Burrows and other people are on at Aberdeen, they're being paid good money to make tough decisions. And the tough decision there was to say, thanks very much, Barry, you are going to leave with a glowing CV here. You are going to be a shoe-in for the next decent-sized job that comes up either here or even something in England. But we want to go a different way here. We want to get our guy in. And we want, for the first time since Derek McInnes was in charge, to appoint an actual experienced manager who has done things at a reasonable level. And, and they've instead took the easy route. And sometimes easy route is the right route, but I think sometimes you have to be bold. I think, yeah, I think... Their thinking must have been around well, if we don't give him the job and he goes on and has success elsewhere or we bungle the appointment, which they given, given, would, given yeah. the litany of, of, of successful, uh, successful managers in, in Scottish football makes it very difficult. But yeah, you're right. It was, it was the easy option and very rarely is the easy option also the right thing to do. Like, it's very, like you know, sometimes it is, but, that, but very, very rarely is that the case. And they are kind of paying for that now. And yeah, I think there's an element of the performance in Europe were fine because that's, because that's how they want to play, you know, against teams that are much better than them. But again, you're not, you're not getting the results against Celtic and Rangers in the league to ju- even justify that way of playing, you know, overall. If you want to play defensively, you have to have good defenders, and I don't think they do. I don't think any of the defenders they signed in the summer are good. Yeah, but that, that relies on having a, a lined up, a, an aligned strategy of who you're buying and the, the manager is going to deploy them. And I think so many clubs in Scotland don't have that. The ones that have, have that position where they even have a sporting director, a lot of them still rely on just uh, your manager and his contact book. So, yeah. There's four, there's four centre-backs at Kelly that I don't think I would swap any single one of them for any of the centre-backs at Aberdeen. And that's... Damning. Damning for, yeah, the club who spent six, seven hundred thousand pounds on centre-backs this summer. <laughs> right, let's move on to our third game because we're already, whoa, we're already well past half an hour. And that is Livingston 1, Dundee 4. Amadou Bakayoko gave the visitors the lead. Andrew Shinney then missed a penalty. Livingston's missed penalties this season. Jesus, honestly, like, your team struggled so badly and you can't even score for 12 yards. That's just uh, an absolute nightmare for them. Then... McCowan puts Dundee 2-0 up in the second half. McCowan is then sent off. Livingston scored a penalty through Teddy Yenge. But then immediately, right for kickoff, Dundee scored through Zach Robinson. And then Michael Mellon, the hero of the hour, caps off a terrific debut with a fourth. He had a goal, two assists. And I can see why Gary's optimistic, positive about Dundee's European chances. Because if Mellon... Can I mean you often see players coming in and they're excellent on their debut and then they don't look anything like that the rest of their entire career with one club. 
But if he could, if, if he's as good as advertised for this brief clip, a very kind of, it reminds me of Mika Beereth coming off the bench for, and it kind of, he also kind of reminds me of a similar type of player, maybe not as much power, but he's got a bit of power, a bit of mobility, and clearly has decent finishing ability as well. If they've got that type of player at Dens Park, then yeah, why would you not think that Dundee can maybe sneak in and get fifth? Can, can I offer one caveat? Mm-hmm. It was Livingston Football Club. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Like, I think, uh, yeah, I, uh, no, I, I mean, I would say I would not look impressive out there, uh, but I, w- I think I w- maybe not have looked as bad as some other players on the uh, You can maybe play on the half or Livingston it wouldn't look any worse. I li- like to think that I would not have, uh, like Penrice, just played the ball back into play when trying to make a clearance like, uh, for the for the opening goal. I would like to think, I mean, I, I think I'd be very meat and potatoes in that as being straight, straight, out, for s- straight out for a corner. <laughs> That's fine. That's a problem we can deal with after this. Like, but... Yeah, dreadful. That's that. Uh, yeah, like yeah. Let's talk about Dundee because that's that's more fun. Because because who can be bothered now with with David Martindale's like laments about finance and and all that? But yeah, Dundee Dundee finally are stable and exciting, which must be I uh, like. I uh, there must be something. There must be some Dundee fans like there must be there's, a he- there's must rumors be a hex. today. Rumors but, today coming from a Liverpool fan with about fifty. Thousand followers on Twitter saying that Owen Beck's coming back to Dundee. That, that's their well, source. Literally, there's it's, it's, be happening, it's, li- it's literally a binary thing. Either he's come back to Dundee or is he staying in, in yes, Liverpool? So to be, to be fourth choice. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so that would be excellent now. for them as well. If they can get him back. So they're missing. They've got issues at centre half with uh, the players they've got out and Dodgson again, not looking like he might be the answer again. Just such a like, I called rash. Him, yeah, I called him rash after the game against Hearts, and that's what he just continued to look like. Just a rash thing to do. And Newbly beat him a few times and Livingston fans were like oh if that's Newbley coming back to his best with their game against Ross County on Tuesday night if they win that they're right back into the, the relegation battle but it's maybe just dodged and just been rubbish and just uh, he's uh, not seen Newbley before everybody else has seen Newbley before and he's like what's this guy do I, sus- I suspect it's the latter yeah. but judge- judging by that performance and yeah it would be I mean if they could if they could get that Beck deal done before tomorrow night's game that's like that is suddenly feels like a momentum shifter and it'd be it'd be a huge if Dundee win against Aberdeen I think that's we can start talking about Dundee as being not necessarily like top I mean, it could be a top six challenger not necessarily the real deal but like this is it's just a it's a bizarre proposition for the first time in years to talk about decades centuries to talk about <laughs> Dundee to Dundee as a you know stable club making sensible decisions and, and doing things the right way. You're like, oh, I, I, I'm not sure I like this. Yeah, it's, like, it's strange, very disconcerting. But if they get back back for the, obviously if they get back back for the rest of the season, that's huge. But even this game, because it is, as you say, it's a big game in terms of kind of laying out the European credentials. And Beck coming back would give them a real shot in the arm going forward because they will, because you saw it against Hearts when McCown went off not long in the second half as he's kind of started to feel his hamstring a little. And they will miss him for this game. Luke McCown's kind of, I think, flown under the radar. He's maybe one of the best players in the Scottish top flight this season, at the very least outside of the old firm. He was maybe the best player in the park at, at Ammonville, but he's going to miss the next game for a daft red card. And even and it's so daft because he was lucky that he was sent off right away. Yeah. Because the first challenge isn't a yellow, but he sarcastically claps the ref when the ref is showing him a yellow card. And it's like... 
I know a lot of refs don't like to do the whole thing of just book you, so I'm just going to book you again immediately and I'd, then send I'd, you off. I'd fucking love it if I was. But I'd be my only. You've seen it happen. Yeah, it yeah. could have easily happened there. Yeah, that's the only reason I'd ever get into refing is that double, that double, double yellow. <laughs> Get away. Yeah. I said the new one with the VR of like, oh, I'm not booking you anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's an end instead. Um, but uh, uh, but the, the, the thing for me, though, with Livingston, I would say I thought there was a little bit more of a sign of life from them in this game. I don't think, I think defensively, as you said, a mess, but. I think that's the issue, though, is that like they are showing a bit more signs of life, but the, the Livy before, and they've still got a lot of these guys in like midfield, you're, like guys have been there for a while as well. And. They've got the ability to battle, and we've we've talked about Newbly and their problems up front this season. But the, the biggest problem is just that at the back, they just give away so many cheap goals because their defenders are a shit. It's and I their keepers are shit. Well, they, they brought McGovern in for this game, but I, I don't. I think stick with George. I know he's made mistakes, but McGovern's thirty nine. Mm. I think it looked and, all and those thirty nine years as he tried to get down to that fourth barely, goal. Barely played a game in years as well. Like it's not like someone who's been you know consistently keeping himself warm, but they're just. I, I think Livingston will beat Ross County. Um, like, I think they'll... Hope so. I, I think they'll... Funny, just that, they've got not that, just for the Derek Adams angle, of it, just also for the fact to be good to have a proper it. kind of battle at the bottom. I think I think there's just... A, there's been a result coming for them a wee bit in the sense that they're... they're like, even though they got beat 4-1, I don't think it was... It wasn't like they got battered in the yeah. whole game. They, I mean, they said Dundee deserved to win, absolutely. And, and if they, they start scoring penalties, then they might well, finally they, get a victory. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, you mentioned the... the, the Kelly and you know getting away with things like Kelly or Kelly leaving points out there. We got away with one there because they missed a penalty with Bruce Anderson missed one like five minutes to go. They've left points because again, finally scored their second penalty when it was it was to go to two one. But that making it one each is a big difference to the game in terms mm-hmm. of like the, the moment where that's making it two one. Yeah, you've still got a chance to get back in if and, you don't do something really yeah, stupid uh, immediately. immediately from from kickoff. But. I actually think that first penalty when I saw it the first time, I was like, how on earth is, is VR intervened to give that? But I hadn't actually realised the referee had given a free kick mm. uh, to begin with. And I think so, once you once you see that, it's like, mm, I, I, it's, 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 the, the first touch on his back is definitely on the line. Yeah. But when does the touch become the foul? Because I don't, obviously putting your hand on someone's back mm. is not a So it's a very tricky one to determine. Um, I'm actually really surprised the fourth goal was allowed to stand, to be honest, if Bakayoko's in an offside position, because it was given offside on the pitch. And then Bakayoko definitely jumped over the ball. So if he's on No, I didn't. He didn't jump over the ball. Oh, he jumped in the, in the vicinity of the ball yeah. as it the goalkeeper's going down. I think there was more, it was much, much more. And that than the one which they, they had disallowed at rugby. Was it not a kind of case of the fact because he was I think he was out maybe even outside the width of the post when when he jumped over like he did jump over it like the ball was about two yards to his to his right. Ah, kind of inside, and he was he was outside of it. Had he been the other had he been the other side when he was more central, he's maybe more in the goalie's vision, and then you could maybe I, say more. But he was he was kind of. I, I think just, it was a bit more peripheral. I just think being that in that proximity to the ball and, and jumping like that to me when it's been given live as an offside. Mm. To me, that and I know that's probably why they said the ref over. But to me, the one the one at rugby park last week was clearly a mistake. Like, but there was no VR in that case. But for this one, I was surprised. I mean, it made no difference. The game. I was actually. I thought that was. I thought when I saw it, I was like, "All right, he must not have been in an offside position." Mm. But um, yeah, again, we're talking about a thing that doesn't uh, matter. Well, it was the the third goal being given was. When it went to VAR, when I was like, "Well, I, I, like you know, when I saw it, I was like." Like and then knowing was I was like, 
I kind of thought once it goes to VAR, I was like, I'm sure that's going to be ruled out. You know, like that sort of like you're like, Wait, does, can't believe. Did the third go? Oh, but you mean VAR having a look at it? Yeah, like, yeah. The rest wasn't I, sent over. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Because yeah. like, you were like, uh, like, uh, the, what is that different? What, when when does a when does a hand become and, a push? And, and, and what? He also put and, his second hand on him. Was it? Uh, well, yeah, does, but again, the second hands. hand was, like didn't was felt incidental, and I think Penrice was probably more off balance than anything. Uh, I mean, in in the end, it was all academic and. Actually, quite funny, but um, <laughs> die. Stick with comedy. But it was Aye, really well, funny. Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. You see, exactly. saying that you don't get a good game on plastic pitches, but two high high scoring games in the game. Go. So there you go. But there won't be take the top. That, take that, haters. There won't be the top flight next season because Kelly will get a grass pitch. Livingston will go down. Bloody Red will come up. Nobody else will come up, and then they'll ban them. That's okay. there's my prediction. We we'll see. Right, let's go to McDermott Park, where it was St. Johnson 1, Motherwell 1. St. Johnson took an early lead through Ryan McGowan, scoring what I can only describe as a typical Ryan McGowan goal. And then Motherwell equalised in the first half through Theo Bear. Motherwell were the better team for the majority of this one, as admitted by both managers. And can already see some St. Johnson fans starting to get a bit vexed with Craig Levine. I'm I'm shocked that a man who's won fuck all in his career, uh, a player and manager, uh, might not actually be doing anything good for that club. It's got to be loads, well. loads of good Scottish football players and managers who haven't won anything. Because if you've not played for Celtic or Rangers, chances are you're not going to win anything. Maybe, but uh, I don't really care. I just, I, just, I just like just like to mention the fact that Craig, no, no, that, do uh, that, that, to mention it. Craig Levine has never touched silver. Okay, Craig, silver in his life. Have an adult in the room, please. <laughs> John, well, please, I, please I, back I, us up. Here. I, I think I think trophy trophy dodger Levine <laughs> has. I mean, I can understand why uh, St. Johnson fans will be fed up watching them, and they were they were they were well by far the second best thing in the second <laughs> half of this game but uh, they, he will keep them up um, yeah. and, and I think that is fundamentally a, from a position where I don't think anyone expected them to whether he'll be a long term solution for St Johnston whether probably, he wants, to, whether whether he wants, wants to, be. to be either I think, yeah, yeah. probably and then Andy Kirk will get the job and be terrible but um, <laughs> but the, the the point is yeah, I can understand because it's not fun to watch the will grind just about enough points to get over the very, line. After, very attritional. After what, obviously, Stephen McLean was that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not Stephen McLean, Callum Davidson. That was what they, they didn't like about him, was that it was just so boring to watch. And then McLean was less boring and just it's terrible, like the, the team. <laughs> and and they looked they looked absolutely doomed. Levine's come in, got some results. Yeah, it's fading a wee bit, but he'll probably get the points for them. But with Motherwell it'll be a blow for them because for a game for them to be on top for so long and not win and they're really one win in 18 yeah they're just not winning games and it's like okay, I mean, I mean okay I mean, the, recent, the recent run isn't that bad because I think in their last I wrote this down let me see yeah it's one win in 18 which is terrible obviously but only three defeats in 11 and when, you're at, when you're at the bottom getting a point a game generally alright keep you up, keep you up. <laughs> And they've, they've had some decent draws. They like draws at Celtic, Hibs, and St. Mirren in that time as well. And they are, I think, to me, it was a big result for Motherwell because, yeah, they beat Alwell last week. Who cares? Well done. And even then, they made a wee bit hard work of that. But it feels like a big result after losing Beerus because he's not coming back. He's, he's not Owen Beckett. He's away to Storm Gratz. And even though it's only a draw, it's a draw away for home and they're the better team. So it's a, it's a performance, kind of both performance and result because you lose this game. 
and then it really starts to be panic stations. Do the do the club have enough to stay up? That's still a major question mark. I think that maybe the, the subs, sorry, sorry, the new signings. So Andy Halliday got decent right up for his performance in Middle Park. Sam Nicholson made an impression coming on and looking very lively. Lenny Miller came on for his first league game since November 1st. He'll be big for them as well. So they're getting bits back and they're adding bits that'll make the team better overall. However, they've lost or lost or sold three forwards in January. Now, two of them weren't any good, but it literally only leaves them with Theo Bear and Jonathan Abika at this point in time. They're not signed another striker yet. And time is running out. No, January 29th. I mean, is there some Slovenian or Slovakian guy or something who's the one that I've seen being linked? Some big, tall guy from uh, from somewhere well they need another big tall guy with a beacon yeah, bear in their uh, side yeah. already don't they um, but yeah, they, they will get someone in but yeah the, the closer you get to the deadline the lower the chances of that person you get in being good yes. would be the um, the challenge and, and they are I, I think they're probably as you say with these players coming back if they stay back they've probably got just enough in that squad but they will be starting to well, I just think like not not winning when you're you're talking about that run of draws and that's fine but while you've still got that one in eighteen thing, it's like even if you just win a game and you're like, oh, it's, it's two wins, it's two wins, it's yeah, like yeah. it starts being well, it uh, starts stops becoming a thing probably more than yeah. And when you're given you've got someone like Harry Payton missing two guilt edge chances, really, you you're just like you at a certain point, I th- I think they'll be fine because they're just not as bad. Their 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 bottom is significantly higher than Ross County and and Livingston's, but. It, we've seen it doesn't take actually that much. It's not beyond the will. You could see them the slip into 11th if this doesn't and get arrested. And I think the, the key to that is, as you said, signing a striker. To go back to the kind of earlier chat about Levine, so something that is like you see, yeah, these some Joseph fans aren't happy because of the style of football. I think it's more there is an element to that. And I did, I did see them say that there doesn't seem to be any discernible game plan or style when they attack. And that was what I thought was the worst thing about Levine's Hearts teams. Is that in the latter stage, the first Hearts team that he had, it was very easy to tell what the plan of attack was. Get the ball up to mark the Vs, and you've got strong runners. You've got either a quick forward alongside him, and like Andy Kirkley, you've got strong runners like Phil Stamp, Paul Hartley, running, kind of getting beyond. And, and they weren't a bad team to watch. They were direct, but they weren't a bad team to watch because of, because of those players around them. And he second spell hearts, which is kind of hard to tell. I mean, Uchi was there, but if he was in the playing, it was like, what are we actually trying to do in this game? What's, oh, what's the, the attack? The, the, what's the, the plan? The James Anderson cash to, 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 to the SFA. Sorry, that was Chris Finn's uh, long-standing joke, but uh, it hadn't come on at that point either. So, What are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> what has this got to do with it? Oh, no, it's just that he has a way of getting penalties. But it's, it's shite. It's a very good point. Like, <laughs> did we, we didn't think we got many penalties, but anyway, I'm talking about St. Johnson. <laughs> I was going to be nice to you today and not bring up the fact that one of the last times you were on a podcast where we kind of did a premiership roundup, you were very smug about Hearts hiring Naismith and hiring, sorry, Hearts hiring Naismith and Hibbs hiring Nick Montgomery. How'd that work out? Okay, right. I, I say, so we're, we're, we're not got to conclusion yet. We're not got to conclusion. Let's, play, let's see how it plays You're out. dry. Yeah, exactly. Didn't realise the season finished on the 29th of January. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Right, yeah, so what I was saying is that he has doing things like changing the team when they don't think there's any real need to. Mm. So they were quite... I mean, again, Aberdeen. How good are Aberdeen? That's the that's that's kind of caveat to throw in here. But they were quite impressive against Aberdeen after like the first half an hour. One thing he did was he changed the kind of shape of the team. They were playing a, four, a 3-4-3, changed it in a 3-5-2. And fans really liked the look of Sprangler, Smith and Phillips all starting in the midfield three together. 
they played what St. John's fans were saying some of the most cohesive football of the entire season and he doesn't stick with that he changes it again he changes it back to a 3-4-3 Max Kucheravi what? yeah that was good though, yeah. comes yeah, in yeah. starts on the left he doesn't do anything really and then instead of maybe going okay this isn't working we're losing a grip of this game we don't have a grip of this game let me go back to midfield three he brings on Connor Smith for Kucheravi it still doesn't work out and then he makes a very weird like so he brings on it actually had gone four four two as well because he had Liam Gordon was forced off in the first half and he could probably see that the team wasn't working but again instead of going to the three <laughs> the three at the back before maybe he doesn't want to do it because he's losing a set and a half but there is options on the bench Luke Robinson has played on the left of the three before and he had Tony Gallagher on the bench so he could have done that yeah. and he could have just changed the team that way but and, and then you get to later on in the game so it's like 10 minutes to go and Graham Carey comes off for Sprangler. So, so there's still one each at home against Motherwell. And you're not playing very well. Yeah, maybe that's why he was just kind of showed up. Like, oh, just let's get out of here by a point. But taking off like... So I could see that he really started with what he did because he's maybe thinking, okay, well, that was Aberdeen. This is Motherwell. We're going to be expected to attack a bit more. And as I said, when I done the podcast with Joel, I think the, the three of Sprangler, Smith and Phillips... I think it's a, a very good St. Johnson-style midfield. The only problem is you're not going to get any goals out of any of them. So it's maybe a lack of goals in the team. And maybe that's why he's starting with Kucheravi, even though I mean, he's, he's scored a couple this season, but I don't know how many he's going to get either. But at least he's a more, kind of on paper, on, in theory, a more creative player, a more dangerous player. But then at the end, he's taken off Carey, who's probably the more, one player most likely to score. And like, so yeah, I can see why St. Johnson fans are frustrated. And he, it's Levine sometimes doesn't seem to help himself in that regard. You know, he clearly, I think it's clear, he probably doesn't rate Sprangler. But, yeah, it's certainly but, not as highly as St. John's fans. Uh, yeah, and that's and that, but the fans do. And so, does it really, you know, in a much of, in a, in a team of beigeness, does it really impact you that much to, to appease the fans in that regard? Rather than slightly, but again, that's never been Levine's style. This, is, in, this is a man who uh, brought Ian Black on in a, as a third division player for his yeah, Scotland right. debut for at Easter Road. Yeah, yes. Uh, I, I think uh, I think Craig Levine. You talked about Naismith's kind of um, personality and how that impacts on him. Craig Levine's personality is not about making supporters happy. Um, <laughs> but I, I think he, I think he's a, a pretty good coach. I think he'll do fine. But. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right, let's move on. We've got both the Celtic and Rangers games. Both of them finish one nil to the each of the old firm. Which one do we want to go to first? Any preference? No. <laughs> okay, let's go to St Mirren. Paisley, sorry, let's go to Paisley. St Mirren nil, Rangers one. 
Desser scoring early on, and then that was it. Yeah, I think everyone that every report and everyone talking about the game, like they said, it was very breezy, and I think that was like that was that was a mitigation as to why this game didn't really take off, and that was allegedly the reason behind Hemmings not being able to judge the flight of the ball. And but it's hard to tell because on on the replay didn't a really shit goal to lose for for a number of reasons. Ah. Henming just been stuck on his line. He really he, needs to come out for not, not on his line, but, but then, like but then it, stuck it in kind of no man's land. And also, and, yeah, yeah, the defense playing a high line and no pressure on the ball, and even playing a high line like that kind of early in the game, you just kind of think like just kind of frustrate Rangers for a while, and then then maybe kind of push them up. And I know that's considered style to be up and at them at home against regardless of who you're playing, but ugh, it's just. It was just a really frustrating goal to lose. And then St. Mirren have chances to, to get back in the game in the first half. Not so much the second half. Rangers could have took control of it a lot more. But yeah, there were certainly opportunities for St. Mirren to, to equalise before half time. They were, they're just, it, it, it sums up St. Mirren. I think that they are a very competent team. They're very good at lots of things. But when it comes to it and they have to just go that wee extra mile and create a good chance or punish a team for, for what was a, definitely a well below par Rangers performance. They can sometimes just if they can just sometimes not quite have it to you know do anything other than like effort the ball over the line. Um, which is Aye, they're quite they're quite blunt and that yeah. like you know that yeah. There's the, the it's like like a, a collective heave will make sure that we yeah, we get the result as opposed to uh, the forwards are form a bit of brilliance or or, or something unexpected. Like nobody going forward for them is in form right now. Like even like if you compare to like even as we know them, how good they could be. Because you can point them and say, well, they're just not that good. And there is there is a, definitely an aspect of that. But if you look at guys like a Yunga, a Yunga's not at his best right now. Kiltik's not at his best. McMenamin for what we saw earlier in the season is there's nowhere near that. And then you've also got oh, Sanya. He started off the season very well. He's kind of regressed a bit. Still a better player than he looked last season, but he's still regressed. Same with Mandron. There's just a whole collection of guys who are not firing at this point in time. And I don't expect James Scott to be the answer either. But you never know. But you never know. You never know. But he looked all right towards the end of his hub spell. Towards the very end. Well, he's got a hatch. Very, 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 um, very, 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 very end. I, I, I remember that game. That that game vividly uh, when he looked a player in a in a dead robber. Robinson uh, obviously got the I, the best out of him that I've seen his career because I thought when I saw him play for Muller, I thought this boy is very, very good. Like he looked like mm-hmm. a big, like he had everything to be like a number nine. Like physical, like quick, direct, all the things, and then yeah, it's, it's definitely not happened for him. And I think I think it's a decent enough signing, but yeah, obviously, you, you, there's a difference between going signing and coming on for twenty minutes against Rangers, being expecting to suddenly hit the mm. ground running. But uh, and I think Rangers, oh, you you take it as and talking about the next game as well. Rangers will be happier in terms of they can. They, I think their fans all can see pro, things are getting better now. Whether the Celtic decline is enough to make that, I. I I'm, I, I, I know everyone keeps talking about the, the title race, but I still, it doesn't feel like a title race, if that makes like, I, uh, I, I kind of know what you mean, because Rangers still don't look that impressive, and I'll, I'll mention this in a second, because mm-hmm. I thought um, Clement in general was a bit weird around this game. But, a weird man. Yeah, he is a bit. But Celtic, I think the, the reason why you could certainly say that, it, to me it feels like there is a title race, even though I've still kind of got more faith in the Celtic squad to go with it, is that Celtic just feel... Something's weird about Celtic. The, vi- the vibes again. The vibes they're, 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 everything, everything is now becoming like a vibes check on Scottish clubs like, at the moment. If, if there was going to be a, like a Celtic collapse this season, where it's like under Lennon and like the COVID season, where they lose like three out of seven games or something like that, I can see that. I can see that happening this season. 
But it's just, it, it shouldn't happen within the level of quality they've got. I think the squad's undoubtedly the best. Undoubtedly better than me, just saying best in the league's <laughs> obvious. Like it's undoubtedly better than their, their biggest rivals, but they're just not really showing it. So mm. and the longer the season goes on, the more you're having games like the game we'll get to very soon when they're edging out Ross yeah. County at home. And the, the amount of times at home this season have looked really, really poor. It's like... Yeah, and conversely, Rangers are scoring and Cyril Dessos is getting the score. Goal he's, and, he's, look in, and and looking better in a direction I mean, it's, not, it's not long after the Dumbarton game where he scored but ah, looked horrendous yeah <laughs> so it's, I mean, you, you got to take your you got you got to take your wins where you can get them but you know, it's hard to say because of the, because they scored so early on but that it did when watching this feel like a game that under certain previous managers maybe St Man would have found a way to get back in the game I don't know, maybe like maybe that's harsh, but it felt more the second yeah. half, especially felt, Aye, felt, felt more contained. Like they had, there was a, it was a, there was more professionalism in the team. Whether whether that is long lasting, I mean, he certainly Clement is certainly better than Michael Beale. Like yes, but I think I think has been proven that that is yeah that, <laughs> uh, that is not such an achievement but it was a bit of a weird I thought it was a bit of a weird team selection and kind of weird like you said before the game like this isn't going to be pretty and then he's he's playing maybe, like, maybe maybe he had maybe that was a result of the wind like maybe he just worked out that it just wasn't going to be I, but, come on like like how many times have we seen Rangers like I mean you saw Hearts Dundee getting played in that that that, that like swirling wind and that was a, a great game yeah with, uh, that's a fair point yeah and he, but Dujon Serling wide left, and they showed you on sports scene like how it hamstrung Rangers because he just always wanted to come inside, so they didn't have the space. Not only did they not have the, like the the width on the left, it also meant him coming inside meant that Cantwell didn't have a, a lot of room to operate as well. So he he, he does that with a, quite a, a weirdly kind of negative team, and says after the game that he wanted winners. I don't know, Dujon Serling is a proven winner at any point or. Scott Wright is, is a proven winner, or really anybody in this team. <laughs> like, apart Scott from, Wright, apart from like, like Goldson and Tavernier. Uh, like, uh, are you, sniff, more, you sniffing at a uh, League Cup win? I've got to say, they've both got more trophies than Craig Levine. <laughs> for, proven winners for Rangers. <laughs> and then they have the few shots that go for Rangers team this season. So we'll have some decent chances. And then he's going to response after the game is to complain about the pitch. Uh, the pitch was, my pitch was bad, but nonetheless, the. I, the, I mean, to be, I always come back to this. I think we spoke about it in relation to Rangers. Walter Smith put teams out like that all the time in one mm. game. Some in these situations, one nil, and he won a lot of league titles. And I, I don't. Ultimately, he'll live or die by the games he loses, not the games he wins. So you win a yeah. game, you move on. And I think, I mean, the same will be true for Celtic. When we talk about them. It's like there are there are weird vibes to Clement that he's clearly unlike Michael Beale, actually a football manager, which I think. Uh, Half the it's, battle. It's half the battle, but Giovanni van Bronckhorst was a football manager as well. He, clearly, mm. like, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't like a nobody that was brought. He was a coach. He knew yeah. what he was doing and still didn't have it for Rangers um, at, at the time. And time will tell with Clermont. I think he started all right, but there's still there's still something to me of like needing to prove something by pro- probably getting a big, you know, a big result against Celtic or, or, I mean, well, yeah, basically that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that there's also an element of because he's new, we're not also recognising that the guy managing the other team is also a bit weird as well. Like, so, mm. yeah. Like, yeah. But he's been less weird this year, which, like, I think we're get, just, I just hear less. Get, let's yeah. go on to that this yeah, season. Yeah. Celtic won, Ross County nil, but this is, so this goes to what I was just saying there. Like, 
Rodgers is less weird this year. And that, to me, is a warning sign if you're a Celtic fan. Because when Rodgers is into something, when he's passionate about something, he comes out with a lot of shite. He lies a lot, and he talks a lot of crap, and he talks about philosophy all the time. But his teams are good. And Rodgers is being very normal. And if I was a Celtic fan, I'd be very disconcerted with that. He's phone- it feels like he's phoning it in. It does like, really like, feel like, like that. It feels like it's, Celtic are phoning in this season, for the most part. Yeah. And 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 they're still but, top of the league. Aye, <laughs> but and, but I, look at the team though. I'll just looked at, I just talked about that Rangers team and then I'm looking at the Celtic team. Like Abada's back now. Like Kyogo, McGregor, O'Reilly. Palma's dropped off a bit recently. We'll talk about his penalty soon. But there's still like so much quality. Carter Vickers, Johnson's good. I mean, there's other aspects of the team which aren't as aren't as aren't as strong as you would maybe want for Celtic, but still there's there's less holes in the Celtic squad than there is in the Rangers one. It How like, is it close? I like to me just like a wee bit of freshness is what you're talking about like that. I think you just need something that's just a wee bit complacency. Yeah. I think is probably setting a little. You know, in terms of not even the old farm games this season have not been particularly challenging, and so I think it's not even you know you know how all, all athletes come up with like imaginary haters. You know, like Floyd Mayweather. You know, all you know, you come up with and Celtic. Like, what is Celtic's like enemy or like what motivation at the moment? And it doesn't you know they're never going to it's unlikely that they'll ever get in a position where they can do the nine again you know like what and you know, Europe again was disappointing and it you know, Rangers the, yeah, are changing managers Rangers changing managers so yeah, yeah you know they're in transition like you know, uh, we'll, we'll sign another couple of players for three million that, and they'll be because they'll be it does get a feeling like, you know, the, 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 there's no statement of intent at all. even even those years under Dyla and stuff like that you had elements of, of like Oh, that's an interesting signing, even if it's not necessarily like. And it also, there is going to be a period of after the Lord Mayor show because they put so much into Postacoglu as a manager, and also as as is it largely your transfer, your, your transfer, yeah, personality, but also the transfer policy as well. That you're now reverting back to something that was no, maybe not as exciting, and you know, it's a bit plain and like you. Know, I think they, uh, yeah. What possibly underlines it as well is the goalkeeper position, and that that goes to the show because. Yeah, Joe Hart is better than the majority of, of keepers in the Scottish top flight, but he's undoubtedly, at this point in his career, not as good as Jack Butland. So now Rangers have definitely got a better goalkeeper than Celtic, and Celtic don't seem to care about that at all. But the the thing about Joe Hart is, yeah, like, uh, fair enough, he's, yeah, one of the best in the SPFL, but that's not where that ambition should be. Yeah. Is, is he good enough for a Champions League campaign? And the no. answer is no. So what are we doing here? Like that would be my, like why like and you know the, the, I think the, you know, his contract's up in the summer and he's even the, just that lack of like clarity like you know clarity you know there's you just I don't know like it just it, it's all all very very strange. Anything to say on well, the, R- Ross County? Well, a bunch of you guys in the team. Just, just like when I saw that when I saw that at Ross County team and then I saw a goal within a minute, I thought, oh, this is not going to end well today. We but, want ten, but Ross County. I don't, I, we, it's hard to tell how much Ross County Aye, played well. I, I'm not going to put, put much praise on Ross County because Johnson went to Celtic under the management of Steve McLean earlier in the season and got a nil-nil draw. Yeah. So C- County doing yeah. the same. It's not. It's not. It's not an indication and, and of it, anything. And maybe that penalty goes in. The, the, one of the two penalties yes. goes in, and, and it's, it, um, it looks a lot and, more. And, and then it suddenly it's five 0 Do you know what I mean? It can, it can easily happen. Even if even if the game doesn't change that much, it's much easier. It's much easier to score a third goal than it is a second goal. Yes. But the. Ross County, it was weird. We talked about Wickens, and, and my thought when I saw him on the team last week was, well, they've brought him in on loan. They want to give him a game. They'll get Laidlaw back in for the, the league games. Mm. That hasn't happened. Obviously, he saved two penalties. He had a pretty good game, actually. Um, but 
the, the goal was not his fault. It was a big, massive deflection. Oh, but um, such an why, annoying goal to lose if you're yeah, a can I, can I just say, my, it's my, I want a super cut, someone out there, of uh, the disco lights at Celtic Park when it is goals of that nature. Like, just because, 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 uh, it's just, it's just, it's just very funny. Like, that's all I could say. Like, it um, just amuses me. But the, the county's team is just weird. It's just like, he is very much just like making a point. It feels like he's making a point. He's bringing in all these shit lower league guys and he's just picking them. And it's like, I, I did, I looked at that, even though I've been following the transfers, I looked at that team and I was like, who the fuck is Brandon Keller? <laughs> like, I don't, I, I, it's the first time I've seen him, because then there was a story, it's the first time there's been two um, two British Asians played in the same same team in oh, Scotland, because okay. um, uh, Dan does well. Yeah, yeah. There's like an interesting element to yeah. that, but I'm like, I don't know who you are. And there was another guy in the team who they just signed as well in the midfield, um, who his name even escapes me now, but there was two or three. Eli King. Eli King, who did play against, and Teddy Jenks back in Scottish football. I, mean, I always yeah, didn't know yeah. who Teddy Jenks was. Uh, I had high hopes for him when Aberdeen signed him and then he wasn't very good. But the um Still only twenty one, there's time yet. The King, King was one that well, they obviously played last week and, and didn't impress um against lower league opposition, so you're kinda of worried for him straight away. And then yeah, you've got this goalkeeper situation. Boyekayina comes in, um a, a bomb scare and a, a very bad on um Fair enough, Dundee United team last season. He wasn't the reason they went down, but he, he certainly took part. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, so there's just all these elements, and you're like, what are you doing? Like, Ross County were, were not a brilliant team, but they didn't need to be ripped up and start seed again. It, it does feel a bit scorched earth, and I'm not sure what the gain for the club is. Uh, apart, from, apart from... Like, yeah, I'm not sure what, what, what end game it... Like, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what Derek Adams is... And this is like some weird revenge for the the previous two like the times at Scott. That doesn't. It, I don't understand. I just, like you know, it's, there's a lot of things happening in this window, but like the, the the appointment of Adams and the way in which he's just being allowed to do this seems so contrary to everything that Roy McGregor and those at Ross County have talked about. And it, like you weren't in that bad a position. Like again, you know. Should never have been appointed in the first place. You weren't in such a bad position, Malky McKay, that it requires the scorched earth tactic as well. Yeah. You know, like is that you? You're probably with a number of a, a number, like a handful, you know, of good quality signings could probably get yourself out of this problem. But it appears that we're just going to actually just set fire to all if, of Dingwall. If I was a Kilmarnock, St. Mirren, Motherwell, whoever it would be, you would be kind of looking around their squad just now, being like, can I? Can I steal someone that's all right? Because well, before they suss him out, before can we can we nick like one of their half decent uh. players for for twenty grand just just because Adams will kind of want rid of them? And it, it obviously he's, he's had form for doing this because his first spell it was like a whole new team. And uh, if uh, maybe Evangelist Economy was still going to turn up in, um, <laughs> in the next couple of days, but we're it's he's done it. But it just felt weird, and I, I think they are walking their way towards eleventh place at the moment. Quite funny to see um, Rogers getting a bit shirty and Alsa Johnson as well. Uh, you know, getting the, the booing at the end of the game, which is, I mean, I, there's a, there's an element of self entitlement there. Like, let's be honest, but like, if you're that, but, shit, you can boo. I yeah, think I don't yeah. mind it. Like, but uh, but yeah, I just, I, I, just I, I think that's the freeze are starting to show. I suppose more than anything, and and especially if I get a, a guy like Johnson who really. 
His just presence it's aggravates all I'm talking me. About vibes, yeah. I know. <laughs> okay. His his presence aggravates me. But the <laughs> fact that the fact that he's like getting shorty is is a good sign as far as I'm concerned. Right, I think that'll do us. Duncan's, thank you very much. A pleasure. Sorry for interrupting just once or twice and making nonsense. <laughs> it was just that uh, Craig Levine thing. I still don't think I understand. <laughs> it made sense in my head, but then, uh, yeah. And uh, thank you, Craig Anderson. Thank you very much. And uh, I enjoyed my third time in your podcasting yes. studio. The second time in front of camera. Perfect. It won't be the last. And thank you to everybody for listening. If you would like to hear more from us, then please head over to the Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast. The best way of not only backing the podcast, but also if you want to hear more from us, because there's just, there's usually, I typically, on average, there's five podcasts that go up per week on the Patreon throughout the season and even a few during the summer as well. So if you want the the full kind of archive that we've got there, which is just the Terrace experience, right, thousands and thousands of hours of stuff on there. Then, like I said, patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast. You can get a lot of it for £2 a month, and that's obviously an absolute bargain, especially in today's age. But if you want everything, it's £5 a month, and that's pretty fair as well. Yeah, it's good. And there's, like, there's stuff that I'll, that, that the stuff you get educated on and stuff like that. Like even just the stuff at Air United last week with Ali yeah. and stuff like that. Like if Stuff that you didn't know you were interested in. Um, yeah, it's great. I went obviously a shilling for something that no, thank I'm you, involved that in. Good. Thank, you, thank you very much, Duncan. Yeah. It's still slightly, you know. It's not. It's not just me. Like it's not just me saying it's good. So yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm amazed that Craig's not taking this opportunity to well, talk just, about I'm Air United. Not coming on Air United. He's, he's, he's going to say he's going to watch I, the YouTube I, instead. I was, I was, I was hosted. I hosted the last Air United one. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a, I'm a bigger man than that. I can, I can be involved in Air United content because they are still in the championship and they still have not won any trophies. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, also these podcasts are indeed, as Craig mentioned on YouTube. Um, I have been I've been doing some links to the camera there just to just so just to make his editing job to decide if he wants to put them in or not. But um, like Ross from the Traitors, Ross from the Traitors. That's what was that was what was in my head there. But also John Collins pre pre Brazil national anthem nineteen ninety eight. So um, they're the only two people in history that have ever winked to a camera. Um, <laughs> but we are we are on YouTube. The the videos are there for people. I I personally don't watch YouTube very much for, for podcasts, but lots of people do, yes, and they're well edited, they're put together nicely, the clips appear, it's all split up into games, so see if you're like, I've listened to the podcast, but I would like to see, what are the what are the guys acting like <laughs> when they're talking about our game? You can watch that on YouTube.com. And, and, and infer hatred uh, yeah, towards well, that club. I'm sure they will. Sure they will. Some, some very horrible comments on the YouTube video of one of the, the podcasts that I did recently with, with Tony Anderson, but... Those people have been dealt with, so <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> They'll never walk again. <laughs> <laughs> I like you took this subtle and you just went, no, let's, not, let's not have any, uh, let's have any of that. Let's, uh, let's imply violence. <laughs> just the image of uh, you t- battering someone to the, they couldn't use their legs, which is quite funny. No comment. <laughs> So, I don't think I don't think you're gonna like beers and mail part four. Me and Rob when they ask the question of who you'd like to fight most out of the tennis. <laughs> All I'll say is I've got uh, I'm I'm a I'm a runner. I do a lot of running, so I'm I'm fit. Uh, yeah, they certainly are fit. So wait and see. <laughs> and now I think you're connected to the underworld. So I'm, uh, it's, it's always the quiet ones, Duncan. In your leafy suburbs, friends, friends <laughs> in low places. That's what I always say, isn't it? <laughs> 
Right, thank you very much. Oh yeah, one more thing. Please leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We would really appreciate that as well. And that'll do us. Thank you very much for listening and join us again soon. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.